everybody to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast here at Beer Rock 2911 North Sherman Avenue on the north side of Madison. This is Jay Kokorowski. Guys, thank you all for uh, making it out here and we are excited once again to come live at Beer Rock every Tuesday. Good times talking Wisconsin Badgers before the, we are the lead-in show to Railbird Central which starts uh, at 8 o'clock. So uh, we are really happy to be here once again, and we'll be doing this every Tuesday, hoping to get some guests coming up down in the next couple of weeks, but we'll get into that down the road, and uh, we'll let you guys know plenty ahead of time on that. But uh, coming up for this show, we're going to look back on Wisconsin's 45-14 win over New Mexico last Saturday, the BYU preview, taking a look at the Cougars, and then also interviews that I conducted earlier with wide receiver Taj Mustafa on his first touchdown reception, Danny Vandenboom, his first t- completion, pass attempt, and touchdown from Saturday's game late in the fourth quarter, along with an interview with Alex Hornibrook, a brief one he did with reporters earlier today. So uh, we got tons of talk there, uh, Q&A section at the end as well. So a quick look back. Let's start off with that, folks. We are looking... You know, back, Wisconsin 45, New Mexico 14. Owen Reese and I, on Saturday after the game, had a post-game quick analysis. But just taking a look at just a just like I said, a brief recap. Jonathan Taylor, AJ Taylor, TNT as I'll refer to them. Career high games. Jonathan Taylor, 253 yards on 33 carries, three touchdowns. Did have that one fumble, but uh, came back had a. After that fumble, over 200 yards. I tallied the yardage there and uh, really just, you know, came back and, and didn't have any doubt about himself. He's, and he credited after the game to having a short-term memory uh, and others rallying around him there. So that was big. You had A.J. Taylor, 134 yards on five receptions and a touchdown, a 10-yard reception. Had two big plays, big chunk yardage plays, a 44-yard completion in the fourth quarter and then as well as a as well as a 28 yard one-handed reception in the first quarter of the game that led to a Rafael Gaglianoni field goal so big games from them looking at the defense obviously a rough first drive giving up 87 yards to the Lobos which resulted in a touchdown but after that only allowed 211 yards for the game altogether, so only 124 yards, and that you know the drives thereafter, and was you know Wisconsin that defense still young, still I would call somewhat green because they're still you have a bunch of new starters at hand though they are gaining more experience. They held the Lobos in that triple option, that spread option attack. Uh, other firsts for the game, you heard about Danny Vandenboom, his first pass completion. First uh, passing attempt, and then also first touchdown, all in the same pass. You had Madison Cohn 
and Scott Nelson also have their, their first interceptions of their careers and both led to touchdowns. Wisconsin created three turnovers, led to 21 points there and a huge swing. And Scott Nelson's really was a big one where they go down there and they score immediately after that. Uh, but uh, a big win there for Wisconsin and uh, going to 2-0 for the year. Now they welcome BYU. We'll get to that in just a second. But before that, let's play some audio we have with Taj Mustafa, the Wisconsin wide receiver, the true freshman who, like I said, reeled in that touchdown uh, pass late in the fourth quarter, a three-yard uh, three catch uh, to put Wisconsin up 45-14 after that extra point. Here is Taj, Taj Mustafa here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And we are here with Taj Mustafa. And so <laughs> second career, yeah, second game of the season. Mm -hmm. What goes through your head on that on that call for the touchdown on you know, last Saturday? Man, I was just thinking about working my progressions and catching the ball. And if I get open, I'm open. And catching the ball and scoring. What was the exact play call? Or do you remember exactly like what type of call it was? And yeah. just uh, what, you know, did, how did you and Danny work through it? Uh, well, the play call that we had, it was just like we had two digs from the outside receivers. So I had the inside dig and I just ran my dig and I was like me knowing like the coverage of the defense. I was thinking like, okay, I might be up. So let me run my route hardy. Not to say that I won't run my route hard anyway. I was just saying like, okay, it could be go time. So I was just ready for it. It came to me. What's the experience of scoring a touchdown Camp Randall Stadium, your true freshman season? Man, it's amazing. You know, it's it's what you dream of, you know, when you're young, just thinking about scoring and just playing good. I mean, it's only been one play though, so I still got to keep working hard to, to get back to where I really want to be at. When it comes to just having, I mean, you came in during the spring, you worked through, now into fall camp, just what have you seen out of yourself progressing so early on and mm -hmm. and then now going into the season? Just how far have you seen your development? Uh, I just feel like that I, I've matured a lot with school-wise and with football, you know, like studying and taking care of business, uh, just at the whole the whole nine yard. Well, what, I was going to say with that, just – um, what's been the toughest challenge uh, since you got here in terms of, we'll start football-wise, what's been some of the toughest mm -hmm. that you've had to work through in, in coming from high school to, to participating, you know, to playing in a college football game? The main thing is just time management, just managing schoolwork and football homework. And, you know, you might be tired, but you still got to knock out uh, assignments that you have to do. So that's just probably the biggest thing. And say, how, how much did that spring coming in during the spring semester actually help overall oh, it, it helped it helped a lot you know just coming in and learning the playbook that was my main thing learning the playbook so i could get a chance to even try to play early you know? and then uh just going forward just uh what do you see out of byu for that matter when it comes to uh, you know them coming in it's your last non-conference game before iowa but what do you see out of the cougars uh, on you know on defense uh the main thing is that um in study you know we study them a lot so Main thing is just like the uh, the DBs, the DBs like they're some of them are aggressive, you know they will add in on the run. So we just got to focus up on our part in the run game and blocking. And then, uh, yeah, how did how did Danny look to you? Danny Vandenboom, you know, come, came in and like I said, his your first career reception is your first career touchdown right. reception. His first passing attempt 
completion goes for a touchdown yes. as well. How do you think he, he did on Saturday? I think Danny did an amazing job. You know, he came in with great leadership in the huddle. You know, me and Danny in the springtime, we had a couple, we just had a connection, you know. So me and Danny have a good relationship. Folks, that was once again Taj Mustafa on Bucky's fifth podcast. And looking ahead now, we are in the middle of game week. It's the third week of the season for the Wisconsin Badgers, and they welcome the BYU Cougars 1-1 one one on the year. And uh, you have Kalani Sataki coming back as the head coach of the Cougars. Last week, a 21-18 loss to the Cal Bears, which is actually led by head coach Justin Wilcox, who actually led the defense for the Wisconsin Badgers back during the 2016 season. And looking at the BYU, just some quick notes on offense. They are 105th in the nation for total yards, uh, 99th in rushing yards, uh, or 97th, I should say, uh, in rushing yards per game, uh, and, and then tied for 94th in the nation with 23 points per contest. Uh, Tanner Mangum, 40 of 69 for 405 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions. And uh, you read some articles uh, that from the, you know, uh, the media that cover out in the BYU area, out in the Utah area, and uh, there are some. Your performance not necessarily has been great from the quarterback position. Uh, from what they were saying, it'll be interesting to see how they respond how the Cougars respond against Wisconsin's defense. Uh, Squally Canada is the running back. Gained only 147 yards on the year right now, 3.7 yards per touch. Again, like I said, 97th in the nation uh, in rushing yards per game. So we'll see what Wisconsin's defense, which obviously prides itself on stopping the run, uh, does. And uh, th there's a more of a pro-style look with BYU's offense. You, watching the game, there's some motion there too with some fly sweeps, jet sweeps there. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'll be talking with some of the Badger defenders tomorrow, talking about how they defend against that motion. Uh, and then you also have uh, their leading receiver right now is uh, Moroni uh, Laulu uh, Patutau, and he leads the team in receptions, eight receptions, 80 yards. And there's also that 2018 John Mackey uh, Award watch list candidate. That's Matt Bushman. He has three receptions for 46 yards. Uh, and you saw, like, you see come some jumbo sets with some two tight end sets. And we'll see how the Cougars uh, react and, and what, how the Badgers uh, can adapt against them, uh, which is maybe an offense maybe a little bit more similar compared to what you see, you know, uh, the past two games with Western Kentucky and New Mexico and more spread looks. Defensively for the Cougars, they're giving up about 22 points per game through those two contests. Uh, they are basically uh, 205 and a half yards per game through the air, almost 157 yards rushing, which uh, they've given up, which 82nd in the nation on that note, and Wisconsin fans should probably be, and Wisconsin offensive line should be probably uh, be excited about that and seeing how Wisconsin can uh, take advantage of what BYU offers defensively in the run game, especially with the fact that they ran for over 400 yards last week against the, uh, yeah, against uh the Lobos. A key standout, I'd say, for the Cougars, though, is senior linebacker Zane Anderson. He leads the team with, in tackles with 17. However, this defense has only forced uh, five tackles for loss, one sack, and one interception through two games. So it'll be interesting to see how Alex Hornibrook uh, takes that on 
and takes on that uh, the team as well. So uh, it should be very interesting how Wisconsin responds. It should be another win for Wisconsin just based off of the numbers there. But right now, uh, before we get to Alex Hornibrook, let's go to Danny Vandenboom real quick. Uh, so we're here with Danny Vandenboom. And first off, what goes into your head when you get the call that you're going in? Um, just go play football. I mean, we've been practicing a lot. I've played football for a long time now. So it's obviously a different stage, a much bigger stage. But at the end of the day, it's still football. And we know how to play that pretty well. So we went out there and we just played football. When it comes to having uh, your first career passing attempt goes for completion and not just that, it's a touchdown. Uh, what is it? Does it? What does it mean to you to, you know, you get that call on that was a third down and and it's near the goal line and you you guys pass it in and you guys uh, you know take a 45-14 lead. Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, the offensive line in the backs marched us right down the field and I was kind of lucked into that situation a little bit, giving me a pass call on third down from the three. So, I mean, really, it was a credit to the guys for driving us right down the field and when we got an opportunity down low red zone, we took advantage of it. When it comes to you guys. I mean, how do you assess your performance? I mean, you're in that for that last series. How do you assess your performance? You know, I, you know, it's a smaller sample size, but you get in the game late uh, in a you know college setting. How did you feel you performed? You know, the, you know, on on Saturday. It's good. The biggest thing is just focusing on the little things, taking care of the ball, working your run footwork, um, and when you get a passing opportunity, footwork there and ball placement. Um, so it's all the same stuff that you're always stressing. But like you said, it's just a smaller sample size to work off of. And uh, how long have you known that you were going to be at, be able to? get in and uh, you know work in these type of situations maybe compared to jack is, is there been discussion with you guys previously about that yeah coach chris talked to me a little bit about it um like a week or two back um but at the end of the day both jack and i are going to be ready to go um whatever happens throughout the rest of the season um we'll both be ready when our number is called and that's the way it's got to be because everything's really unpredictable you never know you know a snap and alex goes down and, and then jack well, you never know it's never done so you got to prepare Absolutely. And now, you know, also uh, the guy, the player that caught the reception, Taj Mustafa, uh, he said you guys built some chemistry, if I'm not mistaken. How have you seen him grow? I mean, true freshman, early enrollee, had spring ball underneath his belt, comes in now, gets playing time, you know, and then is on the receiving end of, of your first career touchdown pass. Taj is a special athlete. I mean, you watch him play and he stands out as an athlete. And he's really put in a lot of work getting to know the playbook and uh, running precise routes. And he's really become a force out there. He, he looks really good, um, pretty routinely creating separation. And he's fun to throw to. When it comes to, I know, with your legacy, with your father playing here, what does it mean to, to be a Badger and kind of continuing that tradition? It means a ton. I mean, I grew up coming. I've been coming to these Badger games for as long as I can remember. So now to be able to put this helmet on with the W and go out there on the field and to represent this university, it means a ton because I've been cheering for him for the rest of my life. And, and my last question, what, what do you see in terms of just your development over time? You registered last year. Uh, what, what goes into, you know, you, you've seen out of yourself in Latin this past spring, but also like going into, into fall camp and your performance. Like how have you seen your, you develop, but also some of the things that you still want to continue to work on? Yeah, I've just been continuing to try to work on my footwork, my strength, um, and then also the film work. I mean, there's no matter how smart you are, the, the best guys in that area still need to put time in in the film room and uh, really master the game and the opponent. So there's always work to be done, whether it's physical or mental. Just a quick follow-up about you know film work. Do you and like Alex and Jack watch a lot of film together? How do you guys go through and, and kind of dissect the film? Yeah, we have a lot of meeting time with Coach Chris and Coach Bud, um, the three of us with those two. And uh, 
outside of that, we obviously watch our own film too. So between the time together and the time apart, there's quite a bit of film time today. And folks, that was Danny Vandenboom once again on Bucky's fifth podcast. And we'll play Alex Hornibrook's interview with reporters from earlier today. But uh, right for, before we do that, let's get into some other news, some news that happened this afternoon uh, regarding wide receiver Quintez Cephas, who is still suspended by the team. And as reported by the Wisconsin State Journal's Ed Trelevin and then WOZN Zach Heilprin, Cephas's motion, the lawyer's motion to dismiss the second-degree sexual assault charges of an intoxicated person was denied, uh, and he has also been ordered to stand trial for the two felony counts of uh, sexual assault stemming from a criminal complaint back in late April. Now, also, Cephas's teammate, sophomore wide receiver Danny Davis, was listed in the same criminal complaint stemming from that, in, that criminal complaint uh, from that incident in, in April. But from that, no charges have been filed against him. Uh, and he served his two-game suspension. Uh, and he's going to start uh, in, he'll start the season, you know, basically that two-game suspension started the season. And now he is eligible to come back. And that's according to uh, head coach Paul Chris. So and he is on the depth chart. Davis is. And uh, be, like I said, make sure you check out uh, Ed Trelevin's article from Wisconsin State Journal. They, he has a, a lot more details uh, into the hearing that was earlier today as well. So, uh, but with Davis, Davis is in the two deep right now. He is listed as a second team player, uh, second team wide receiver. He replaced Adam Crumholtz uh, on the depth chart. Not saying the Crumholtz won't get more, uh, won't get playing time for that matter. Uh, without further ado, I'm just working up this audio. We actually spoke with Alex Hornibrook earlier today, too, and it was pretty brief. He had to get to class, but on that note, uh, you know, what the first question that you'll hear really is around just his performance against BYU last year, where they went to Provo, Utah, and he threw, you know, for 257 yards on 18 of 19 completions, had four touchdowns. The passer rating was 277 point something. Uh, was an, a big game. And he spoke with reporters on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording Tuesday night, of course. So he's earlier this, this morning. And here's what he had to say about the matchup. Uh, after that, we'll get to some Q&A. But, again, here's Alex Hornibrook on Bucky's fifth what podcast. What kind of carries over from that into this year for you? And what did it do for you last year? Um, I don't think anything really carries over. I think um, it helps out because they run a similar defense. They change it up a little bit. So um, we can watch that film and kind of see what they're doing. But um, none of it really carries over to New York. Did it set the stage for you, though, a little bit last year, just maybe from a confidence standpoint or anything? Um, no, I don't think my confidence changed after that. But um, I think you guys saw a little different stuff. But um, I'm not really worried about last year. We're just working this year, putting in some new stuff. Got Xander back last week. You got Danny back this week. How nice will it be to finally you get two more major pieces mm. back for the offense. Yeah, that'll be nice. I'm excited to have those guys back to help the offense out a lot. What does Danny bring? Uh, Paul said yesterday he's different than what you guys played with. What does he uh -huh. bring? Yeah, he's a playmaker. Um, he's really athletic catching the football, and he makes some, some catches that um, not many people can. Has, I think you said on Saturday that he's been involved, but do you mm. see any problem like him being able to integrate himself back in at all? No, he was uh, he was going today, and he was he was rolling. He was doing really well, so there's no problems there. What did you see out of Danny Vandenboom on uh, on Saturday, working that last drive mm -hmm. and getting into the end zone? Yeah, that was pretty cool to have a, a touchdown on his first pass. I was happy for him. Um, I remember when I first went in, I was I was pretty nervous, and I think it was like Akron or something. So he was probably feeling the same way, and it was good to for him to score. That was fun. Uh, 
How much have you seen the, the progression for him, you know, from when we first got here, but especially during the spring camp and fall camp this, this year, mm -hmm. you know, to... Yeah, he's progressed a lot. He's done uh, a lot of things just in the film room and getting ready, and I think it's definitely worked out for him on the field. And, folks, that was quarterback Alex Hornibrook. As I mentioned earlier, briefly speaking with reporters on Tuesday morning, and we, had a, we tried recording last week, and, uh, of course, my audio, my, my files fell through. That's completely on me, but I wanted to have him back on, of course. One of the co-owners of Beer Rock, we have Brian Caravu, who's also the co-host and the, the, the creator of Railbird Central coming up actually just in about a half hour, folks, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, Cheesehead TV. Really happy to have him on. Brian, this is wonderful, man. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for your uh, nice introduction. And yeah, excited to do Railbird Central next. And, and to just talk to us about, you know, before we talk about Railbird Central, what, uh, how did this restaurant come to be? This is fabulous. Uh, we got lots of people here. Guys, give them a round of applause, huh? <laughs> there we go. And uh, see, yeah, we, got, we got some applause there. There, there are people here, folks, uh, for this podcast. Well, I don't know if it's for this podcast, but I'm going to go <laughs> with it because uh, that's great. So, but Brian, what, what's, what started this idea to have Beer Rock here in Madison? Uh, yeah, so a, a Beer Rock, for those people who don't know, is a meat pie uh, kind of similar to a pasty that I think people kind of recognize that being so popular in Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's my wife's family recipe, uh, you know, a Volga German heritage from, from generations ago uh, that has survived and lasted. And, and we're, we're bringing it to Madison. We think it's something that isn't you can't find here in Madison, and, and, and really, you can't find many places except for kind of the, the plain states like Kansas and Nebraska. So we think it's something unique and something people are going to love. And, I mean, it, the smells in here are just delicious. You walk in and just, you, like, I'm starving. So I'm, I'm excited to, uh, after this show, partake in hopefully one of those. And honestly, though, I, I, what is your, in your opinion, your favorite menu item? Uh, my personal favorite would be the classic, uh, which is the traditional uh, German version with, with beef, sauerkraut, onion, and seasoning. It, it, it's my favorite. It's the best seller here at Beer Rock. It, it, it's every, everybody, you know, as long as you like sauerkraut, you're going to love it. And it, it's all, you know, wrapped in a freshly, freshly baked bread dough uh, that, that's just delectable, uh, honestly. That's great, and and when it comes to like you now you have the beer rock and you have this the, I I sampled the not sampled I devoured the caramel <laughs> apple beer rock and that was probably the top like I I'm not blowing smoke man this honestly like top five dessert I've ever had and uh, you have that but then also 24 craft beers uh, on on tap I'm not, also you know local here in Madison Wisconsin based but also beyond that and and what was the uh, what's your reasoning and, and what was the impetus to, to have so many different types of beers around? Yeah, we, we try to curate our beer list, uh, as you alluded to, uh, kind of one-third local beers that are from right here in Madison or, you know, the suburbs surrounding communities, one-third Wisconsin beers that are kind of outside of Madison, whether it be Milwaukee or Green Bay, La Crosse, wherever, um, and, and kind of one-third from, we call it, beyond the border, uh, which is anywhere outside of Madison. We, we typically always keep one German beer on tap to kind of acknowledge that heritage here, uh, the rest kind of just being 
from all over. Toppling Goliath in Iowa sells very well, very popular. I'm, they make great beer, uh, no doubt. Um, but yeah, that that was that was kind of the uh, impetus and, and, and the thinking behind our our curated beer list here. And you know, last question for you. I know you're a busy man. You got about a half, you know, what, 15, 20 minutes where you have to really hunker down, get ready for Railbird Central, but you're a UW-Madison grad. We asked you last week, but I'm going to ask you one more time, <laughs> your favorite memory as, you know, watching Wisconsin football. Yeah, it, it had to be, I believe it was my freshman year in college. Um, it was the game where jump around started. Uh, so I was a student at the time, and uh, the, the game where Drew Brees and his Purdue Boilermakers came to Camp Randall for a nationally televised primetime game under the lights at night. And, you know, it was just, it, it was, a, I believe, a matchup of two ranked teams, uh, both very good at the time. And, and, you know, not just Drew Brees, but also on that Purdue team was Mike Allstott, who went on to be a, a Pro Bowl fullback in the NFL and a household name. And, and the Badgers and Ron Dane uh, won that night. And, and it was just such a special, momentous victory, not only for jump around for the first time, but also because Drew Brees had set literally national NCAA records that night in, in terms of like pass attempts and I'm not sure if it was yardage but there was a couple records set there uh, but the Badgers were able to overcome it all and win and I did think that was really unique and, and, and a special memory. Yeah I remember Bobby Adamoff talking about that game it was a team captain during that 1998 season Jamar Fletcher with the pick six and and whatnot, and, and you can also hear Bobby's story just as a cheap plug, Walk On This Way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin walk-on tradition, available on Amazon.com and KCISports.com. Uh, I got kids to feed, right? So, but no, but Brian, it, it's been, thank you so much for allowing Bucky's Fifth Quarter to, to be here every Tuesday throughout the 2018 season for the Wisconsin Badgers, and uh, excited to continue, continue this, and excited to hear Railbird Central come back tonight. Season premiere. Thanks, Jake. Keep up the good work. Guys, now let's get to some Q&A. Again, Brian Caravu, Beer Rock, Cheesehead TV. We're here, 2911 North Sherman Avenue, north side of Madison. We're right by Warner Park, the Madison Mallards, for those that live in the Madison area. Come out here, guys. It's a lot of fun. And before we get going, before we turn it over to Brian, we have a Q&A session going on right now. And Really, the, the, you know, thank you guys for, we have some fun ones actually uh, coming up. But first one from Tom. Tom asks, how is Garrett Groshek at pass protection? Seems like he's given up a couple of sacks on blitzes these past few weeks. You know, I, I know they're one from that Western Kentucky game. He did not pick up a blitz particularly well, or it appeared. I didn't get a chance to talk to him a couple of weeks ago about that, uh, or last week for that matter, about what happened there. But he did, uh, about that particular play, but he, he did mention to me when I talked to him, and we played it on air for last week's podcast, just, you know, he, the, the, he said the 43-yard screen pass that went for a touchdown actually kind of overshadowed some performance that he wanted to get better at. So uh, it, uh, you know, I think there's still some cleanup there. I think the pass protection needs to get some, uh, it needs to be ramped up a little bit, uh, especially from the running backs, but I expect them to continue to progress going forward. Uh, Tom, thank you again for that. Uh, now for a couple of fun ones from our friends around uh, 
good buddy, good friend of the show, and also a Bucky's fifth quarter, Ross from our uh, one of the Iowa sites, Go Iowa Awesome. Uh, we have a great relationship with them. He asks, is it true that the NCAA is about to name cheese curds as a banned substance and the Badgers will f- be forced to forfeit their game against Iowa next week, asking for a friend? And no, uh, I, I know that it, I'm going to actually be at Kinnick next week, uh, but that, and that should be a fun game for those that don't know. Kinnick at night. It's a 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, you know, in, uh, kickoff. It's on Fox. It's live. It's broadcast, uh, you know, over the air. It's going to be a big game, and you've seen what Iowa does inside Kinnick. Penn State, which was number four at the time, needed a last play touchdown to, you know, to avoid the upset. And then, of course, Ohio State, then ranked number three, just got demolished 55-24 to 24. Uh, over, you know, with the Hawkeyes. Uh, that was the week before the Badgers played Iowa, and then the Badgers defense just shut down Nate Stanley and company. But we'll preview, actually, next week the Iowa matchup. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, thanks for, uh, to Ross, and uh, looking forward to talking to him next week. I'm sure there'll be some fun banter. Uh, last question that we had uh, from Matt from Acme Packing Company, the SB Nation site that covers Wisconsin football, uh, not Wisconsin, but Green Bay Packers football. Uh, great guy, uh, runs his own podcast over there uh, at APC, asks, is Surly Brewing Company at all related to Surly Bike Company? And he's referring to a Minnesota company, uh, Twin Cities, uh, two companies there. No, I actually did research within like five minutes, so uh, thanks for catching me off guard, Matt. And uh, yes, uh, they are not the same company. So uh, big thanks to everyone submitting some questions, even the fun ones. Uh, real quick, before we get going, recruiting news. Uh, for those that uh, did not see, a four-star 2020 offensive lineman from Kettle Moraine, Trey Wedig, committed to Wisconsin immediately after the Wisconsin's, uh, after Wisconsin's win over New Mexico. You want to know about some this this kid from uh, Kettle Marines currently a junior in high school, but he's in that class, that 2020 class, four-star recruit, and out of 24/7 Sports composite rankings, he is you know designates him as the 10th offensive tackle in this class, the number 95 player in the nation, so a top 100 player, and also the best player in state. And for that class alone right now, for 2020, they have two in-state offensive linemen. That's Trey Wedig, and then also. Uh, Jack Nelson and uh, Nelson is also Nelson himself is a Wisconsin legacy with his dad playing back in the 80s uh, and like I forgot to mention too Danny Vandenboom who we had uh, we talked uh, you know we played the audio from earlier this week Danny uh, his father Matt played in the early 1980s as a walk-on so uh, without further ado, I'm going to wrap this up, just making sure we didn't get to catch, miss any more Q&As. We did not. But big thanks to Beer Rock once again for allowing us to have Bucky's Fifth Podcast live from here, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. And, guys, check back next week. We're working on getting some guests on, some former players coming out one of these uh, days, uh, one of these weeks, uh, working through some work schedules, but it'll be fun. Uh, follow us on Twitter at B5Q. And also on Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter, we got game day picks from Matt Fleming, and that uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, just looking at some of those photos, catching the highlights from Wisconsin's wins the past two weeks, and he'll be there as well for the BYU game. Uh, also, like us on Facebook, of course. Like, of course, follow on Twitter for Beer Rock, B I E R O C K Madison, and also like them on Facebook. For this podcast, guys. 
follow us or listen to us on iTunes, on Google Play. Tune in on the TuneIn app. You can subscribe. It doesn't cost you a thing, though. Don't worry about subscription fees. It just means, hey, come come out, you know, just click it, and every week when we get a new episode, it's uploaded instantly to your iPhone, or if you have Google Play, it goes to your Android phone. So uh, on behalf of everybody uh, here uh, for Beer Rock, uh, for Bucky's Fifth Quarter, this is Jay Kokorowski. Thank you guys again. Guys, get a round of applause. You guys are awesome. And uh, we'll see you guys, or not see you, but we'll uh, tune in next week. Another edition of Bucky's Fifth Quarters, Bucky's Fifth Podcast, live from Barack, the Rock. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.